Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Lewis Arthur, Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. Delighted today to be joined with Michael McKinson. Fresh back off a, of a nice few days away in New York um, and fresh back off Christmas and the New Year. So how's things, mate? How have you been keeping? Things have been good. I weighed myself just before going to New York, so it would have been two, three weeks after after my fight. I only put on a couple of pounds. <laughs> it's crazy how my body's working lately. Like my last two fights, I've made weight easier than ever and I'm not putting as much weight on in between camps now. So, uh I'm really happy. I'm really happy. I was actually going to mention that. I did see the Twitter post where you did say you, you, you're not much heavier from fight night. Um, was that sort of an intentional thing? Like, like, was that sort of a thing to stay disciplined over the over the Christmas period? I'm kind of always, all year round, I'm kind of always half fit. I'm always in the gym. But I, I had a couple of weeks off, so I wasn't expecting to see my weight like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a couple of weeks off. Uh, and we had Christmas, and the way I was is the way I entered the ring at against Ortiz. Yeah, you know, Jesus. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm in a good place lately. I'm in a real good place. Has this been a thing where, where it comes to keeping the weight down? Has that been a thing that you've always wanted to do, or just would you say just towards this stage of your career? Maybe was you a little bit looser at the start of your pro career, or maybe was you amateur and stuff like? No, no, I think it's important to stay healthy all year round. Um, I turned pro as a welterweight, but I was a baby. I was 19, 20 years old. That's 10 years ago. So um, it's obviously got harder over the years to make welterweight. There's been a couple of times I've slipped off the mark a little bit, like lockdown came up, I put on loads of weight. Um I've got a real good team around me, so I don't really have any troubles making weight. Um, but it does get hard, so you have to look after your body outside of camp, and that's what I seem to do. Uh, I'm not a massive eater. I'm I like yeah. 
and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just as I've got older, it's like the last two camps have been great. It's actually yeah, been great. So um, yeah, I don't, like for example, when I fought Ortiz and they gave me eight weeks notice, I had a lot of weight to shift in that eight weeks. I don't ever want to do stuff like that anymore. Um, so, so me sitting just over a stone above, lovely. Yeah, that's completely fair enough. And I suppose we'll just touch it firstly, touching on Ortiz because obviously he came back this weekend. Um, yeah. And you, when you compare since you since you when you fought Ortiz, that was Ortiz's first fight since yourself, and you fought four times since then. So it's sort of a bit sort of a crazy thing to see that you know since that fight you've been really active, and obviously he's had his, his pullouts and his yeah. injuries, and he hasn't been active in active himself. Yeah, well, hopefully now as a as a fellow boxer and watching Ortiz and being in the ring with Ortiz as well, hopefully all of that's behind him now. He's at 154 and um, we can see how well he does in the professional ring. Yeah. Um, like Hopefully he can get a world title shot up at 154 and do great things because it, it makes my fight with him look even better then. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did want to touch on that because he obviously, obviously, Tim Zoo called him out, and that was a potential mm. fight for him. And um, with you sharing the ring with Ortiz, what would you make of that of that fight between him and Tim Zoo? Great fight. I'm I'm a bit of a fan of Tim Zoo, uh, but always now I'd always have to back being in the ring with Ortiz. I'd always have to back Ortiz. Uh, it's a, a big jump up for him fighting Tim Zoo. I don't think he's been other than. Kavalowskis, he hasn't been in with any real big big names. I don't think Maurice Cooper, but he was on the talent. So, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be like he should really fight these guys now. No waste, no wasting time. He, he's the last two years have been a bit of a waste for him. He only fought me in over two years, I think it was. So, yeah. um, hopefully, he can get the momentum back up and yeah, and see where his career takes him now. Definitely. Well, we'll get on to yourself. Um... As as twenty twenty three drew to a close, you did manage to get one more fight in, mm. um, and a solid solid ten rounds. Um, as you look back on twenty on twenty twenty three, with with lots of activity, as we previously said there, do you look back at it as a, as a quite a success? Um, two obviously two fights in Bournemouth as well. Mm. Bittersweet because the level I've been fighting at, I should be fighting at a higher level, um, but. I've got to just take what I can get, really. Um, since the Ortiz fight, I fought four times. I've been, I fought 28 rounds. I don't know if you see the post. I've won 27 yeah. of those rounds. So, yeah. um, and stopped two of them. Stopped two of the four yeah. opponents. I stopped the first two this year. Uh, I don't think I'm doing that bad, to be honest. But I need, I need to be in the ring with better opposition. Yeah, because I'm, uh, much, I'm much better than the guys I've been fighting. Obviously, the last guy was an undefeated, proud guy, bit of amateur form and relatively unknown. But still, he's not a name. I want names. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say that to you because it, it's important that sometimes people say, you know, it's important to stay patient and stay ready. But there has to be points for yourself where the patience wears thin, where it's like, you know, for the level that I believe that I can operate. And, uh, and how believe and, I, and you know 
you may feel like I'm not doing myself justice where I can show how good I can be against the higher level opposition. It must be, the patience must wear thin for you, I can imagine. Yeah, it is, it's, it is frustrating. Um, but on the other hand, after I boxed Ortiz, a lot, a lot, I had no platform anymore. My, uh, my deal with ended. Uh, so I really did think of I was going to go back to having a fight on small hall shows where I started. Yeah. So the fact that three of my four fights have been on Sky Sports, I've been like on Sky Sports cards, very grateful. Um, very grateful with the help of Joe Ashford, who's who's um, creating opportunities for me and and really uh, looking after me. So I have full confidence that in a big year, in a big 2024, because I'm doing my job. I've not put a foot wrong since Ortiz. So as long as I keep doing my job, the big fights will eventually come. Absolutely. And just before uh, I sort of touched on potential big fights, um, one yeah. big thing for that fight was it was your first 10 rounders, another 10 rounder back um, and completing the 10 rounds. And one thing I wanted to, I was saying to you, um, does it feel benefit for you where you can go 10 rounds where you're the one setting the pace and you know that opponents, no matter how big of a puncher they may be or how you know, how powerful or how skillful they may be, they're going to understand that when they're in the ring with you that you're going to have, you know, it's, I can set this pace for 12 rounds and, and, I, yeah. and I can keep with it as well. That must be a benefit for yourself and your style. Yeah, I don't know the fact of how many times I've done the full 10 rounds, but it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. So I've got that, I've got that, in the locker, no problem. If they want to force a pace upon me, I'll go with that pace for 10 rounds, 12 rounds. I've prepared to fight for 12 rounds before. So um, I have the rounds in the bank, no problem. I think this year, for me, it was to try and prove that I do have all of that, but I can be exciting. And like the first two got them out of there and even... Uh, fighting that guy the other day it was 11 and 0 9 knockouts I stood in the pocket I was trying to make things exciting and, and things like that so I'm always developing myself mm-hmm. so as long as I keep developing and keep showing rooms of improvement and stuff like that then then I'm happy uh, if, if I need to I can go back to being a smart fighter KG and all stuff like that but I haven't needed to I was going to say that, like, was that a hard shift for yourself where you had that little bit of change in style? Because you, you've had your your style that you know that had you that got you so successful that got you to the Ortiz fight, um, and that was such a success for you. But this year, slightly changing that and becoming more aggressive, um, was yeah. that a hard thing for yourself to, to do, or did you understand that I probably I probably needed to do it? Yeah, it was kind of like a personal thing with me. Yeah, that's like, what, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, I've always been physically strong. I've always been physically strong. It's just the case of not getting people, hurting them and getting them out of there because I really, because I haven't needed to, but I've been working very, very hard on my SNC um, with my physio, Cam Brew, uh, my conditioning coach, Mark Coombs and, and uh, um, Veli as well, who's been helping me out. Uh, over the last, probably I've been on like, the programme probably for the last, 18 months, two years, before Ortiz. Um, and each camp we just develop, develop, and I do get stronger each camp, and I do hit PBs each camp, and there is 
a lot of improve like improvement over the last year. So going into this year, it was a case of proven doubt was wrong. Yeah. Whoever they put in front of me, proven doubt was wrong and I'll I'll get them out of there and I I got two or three out of there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose we'll now touch on a big fight that you wanted. Um after your fight and and just before Christmas, um David Avanesian, who's who's a name you've called out uh, after your fight, yeah. you did call him out. Um, and you went up, you went up to I can't remember where I think it was in like sort of the Midlands in Birmingham. I can't remember Birmingham. where it was. Um, you went up to his fight, you saw him there. Um, what was that sort of? Is that showing your intentions to the clear that you know I'm here and I'm I'm, I'm traveling? It was a bit of a long yeah. way for you to that you know I want the fight. A long way on a cold Wednesday night. Yeah, <laughs> six hour round trip it was, yeah. but. The Avenusian thing started in May when I called him out after I boxed that Morales. And uh, all respectful, I don't think David's got a lot of options and I'm always in that boat. So it makes sense. They're up for the fight, we're up for the fight. And going into the camp for the 10th of December just gone, I think both camps believed we were in camp to fight each other. Yeah. And... That's all that I knew. Then I found out it wasn't happening. I didn't ask questions because I, I was still on the show. Yeah. So I just had to kind of shit. But for the first few weeks, I was in camp to fight David, David yeah. Avalisian. I, I truly believed. And uh, whatever happened, it didn't happen. I fought um, Musa Lawson. Then David's manager was going on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, Marsh, and he was saying, I... Turned, I turned the fight down and I said I, I didn't want to fight him I'd, I'd fight him at a later date I just want a warm up fight now I've been in the ring four times since Ortiz I don't need no warm up fights yeah. right so let, let's just squash that one out right I thought I was in camp to fight David and we spent good money went out to New York and things like that that's another reason why it, it, it's all lies um and for him to write it all over Twitter that I turned the fight down. Now, the only fight I've ever turned down was, I don't know the guy's name, he's a journeyman, I think Lithuanian journeyman or something like that, yeah. uh, when I fought Roberto, Robert Arias last year. Yeah. They nearly got me, had eight wins, 30 losses, and I said, no way, I'm coming off a fight against Ortiz, I'm not fighting a journeyman. That's the only fight I've ever personally turned down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder when he was writing all of that. And I yeah. thought, right, call my dad. Let's go up to Birmingham. He's fighting a journeyman. <laughs> he was fighting a journeyman that he'd fought seven years ago. So we already knew how the fight was going to go. Yeah. But for me, it was just, I'm going up, I'm look, confronting them, and I'm proving a point, respectfully, but I'm proving a point that I'm chasing the fight. No one yeah. wants the fight more than more than I do. So we got in the car, three hours to Birmingham. His manager didn't really want to like confront us at all. Um, didn't get nothing from his manager. But when David got out of the ring, I walked over. He obviously respected me. He said, when are we going to fight? And he's heard I'm a good guy. His trainer, Carl Greaves, knows that we're good people and stuff. We all want the fight. So let's make it happen. I've proven I want it. I want it next. And how frustrating was that to get to hear those accusations that you potentially didn't want the fire? Or because, because especially for yourself, where you know you've boxed Ortiz in 
um, in Texas, and you know, you've, you've 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 never, as I said, they've never turned a fight down. I think early in your career, you was you was happily in the away corner for some of your fights. So to hear those sort of accusations come out about yourself, um, did it sort of feel like a bit of a damage to your to your sort of cat character when people were saying things like that? Only because I know it's a lie. Yeah. Now they like his manager may truly believe that we turned. I don't know what they was told. I'm not sure, but. I've never turned no fight down. Um, I wanted to fight Avanusian in December. Like, so it was just, yeah, it was frustrating. And the, the way that he was disrespecting me over Twitter as well as manager. David's a nice guy, I met David, but his manager, like, for a while before that, his manager was messaging me on Twitter um, about trying to get the fight originally. Now, if he's that experienced in in this game of boxing, you shouldn't message the boxer. You should yeah. message their manager. Like, for starters, I don't manage myself. You should message my manager. He was trying to message me for a while, months and months. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I still like, want to stay respectful. But when he's, like, kind of writing lies over Twitter, I just, I, just, I thought, right, we're going to Birmingham and uh, we're going to prove, prove it to him. Do you feel like it means a little bit more to you now after those accusations when it comes to that fight? Because it was a bit, it was a great, you know, a fight like that doesn't really it doesn't really mm. need selling. It's an amazing fight and it's a perfect fight yes. to make. But after these intent, after these comments that get made, it must sort of, as you said, it gets a chip in your shoulder. It makes you want the fight more now. It means a little bit more to you. Yeah, I need a fight like that. I do. Like, I I think I'm better than the majority of domestic scene. And I know that none of them will, will be queued up to fight me. So where does that leave me? Um, like I've been in, I've only lost to Virgil Ortiz. Everyone else yeah. I've beat quite comfortably. So um, where does that leave me? I have to fight somebody that no one wants to fight. Yeah, definitely. And when it came to when it came to a fight like Avanesian, um, and you said you've only ever lost to Virgil Ortiz, and and, and I'm sure you feel a little bit disrespected by almost being overlooked when it comes to top top level welterweights. Um, it must feel like for you that the Avanesian fight where you can believe it, you can be it. This is sort of your statement to to come out again and realise that you know, I'm 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 well within the rights of, of challenging the potential top level uh, welterweights and world titles again. Yeah, uh, it is a case of earning people's respect, which for whatever reason that's been a, like a lack of respect in my yeah. career. I don't know. Like when I went over to Texas fought Ortiz, everyone was respecting me. When I went over to fight Ortiz the first time and I said yes to all these names, six names, yeah. I felt respected last year, uh, 2022. But I just need to earn that back for whatever reason. And to do that, I have to go in there and beat somebody that people don't think I'm going to beat. Yeah, definitely. And I know I can beat David Abenetian. I know I can. Do you do you feel benefits in a way when you've got a potential chip on your shoulder and uh and you have to when you have to earn someone's respect and your back's getting towards you feel like um do you do you benefit do you, do you sort of prefer that do you benefit from that or do you find it sort of a bit of a frustrating thing with with the things that you've achieved in your career and the things that you've done? For what I've achieved in my career, a lot of the motivation has come from people not thinking I'm gonna do something and like there's been many times I've gone into the ring. Ryan Martin, my first title fight, he was the best junior my age as an amateur. He was a standout. 
he thought it was going to be a dead cert against me. I went to his hometown, beat him up. <laughs> Sam McNess boxed on the England famous and amateur. They thought it was a dead cert. A lot of people in boxing did. I beat him easy. Like Chris Congo, the same thing, four to one underdog. I went beat him easy. I've done it many times in my career, and uh, it that is my fuel. People that uh, think I'm going to lose. When I was in uh, Gibraltar against Congo, my fuel all week was looking on Twitter and seeing all of the polls and everyone thinking Congo's going to do me in four rounds. Blah blah blah. That. That's what gets me up for it. And I know the Avanesian fight, there's going to be probably more people thinking he's going to beat me than me thinking I'm going to beat him. So that's my motivation sorted. I've not been in the ring since Ortiz where people think I'm going to lose. So, so yeah, this will be a, uh, like a very important fight for me if it gets made. Yeah. And ideally, when would you like the, the fight to potentially happen? Because we know that there's potential of CBS. I know that that fight's probably good as good as as good as it's on on, it, on its own as a main event. But obviously, I know ideally you would probably like to fight in the South Coast. And um, we know CBS could be fighting React for sometime in the first half of 2024. Um, when would you ideally like the fight? And, and when would you want it? Ideally, I'd like the fight before I'm 30. I'll yeah. turn 30 the middle of April. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm active. Like, I've fought three times last year, three times the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been injury-free for my last couple of fights. So, why not? March, April, let's go. Like, I've had my little weekend away now. Now, I'm ready to start camp. I'm not too heavy. Um, I sparred last week, so I'm, I'm not unfit I'm ready to start a camp um, but I've just got to leave it to my people to see if they can make the Avenesian fight next if not something of that calibre yeah and, and you t- you spoke about wanting uh, a little bit of love from promoters and a potential promotional deal yeah. we know that you've had fights on Boxer um, would you like to hopefully see this year that a promotional deal could be on the horizon yeah I feel like um, I deserve something a little bit more stability in my career. Um, I feel like I deserve to be on the main cards. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like, and I feel like I I do deserve the big fights. I don't put a, a foot wrong. So I'm very grateful to Sky Sports and Boxer what they've done for me in the last year because I'm not signed to them and. They're putting me on their, like their their cards and stuff. But a little bit of stability wouldn't go amiss. Um, just in order of securing a bit of love. With a bit of love, I can go on and win a world title, no problem. Yeah. With a bit of love, I could. Uh, so I've just got a, like I've got some good people looking after me, like my dad and Joe Ashford. So I've just got a. I get very impatient. I'm already on the lookout. Already, I was on the lookout when I went to Birmingham two weeks after my fight. Yeah. Uh, I think it was ten days after. It wasn't long after my mm, fight. No, it wasn't. Of what's next. Yeah, of of what's next. So maybe it, like the next few weeks, I'll I'll see if I can pester and see what's next, and let's get the ball rolling. I don't need to 
wait for for certain events to be put on. I'll fight him anyway. Um, just going back to the promotional deal, you mentioned there about when the matchroom deal ended that you was worried about um, going back to sort of small hall. So do you feel like since leaving matchroom, it's gone? A, although you haven't had a big fight that you wanted, it's been a little bit better than you probably thought it would have been. Yeah, it has because I've had the safety net. Um, like I have had a safety net, and like I'm better than small hall. Uh, yeah, but it took it. me it, it, it took me a long time. I, I don't know what was the Congo fight, like my nineteenth fight or something. It was. It took me a long time to get to the TV, and then when I got there, I didn't ever want to lose it. So when I lost to Ortiz, that was my third fight in my matchroom deal. So I thought, oh, what's going to happen now? <laughs> what's going to happen? Am I going to have to go back? And what? Age seventeen, eighteen months later, I'm still, I'm still here, and I'm still fighting on big cards and great events as well. Can I just say, not just big cards; they've been great events that I fought on. It's a great setup. So, so yeah, just really, really grateful. I know we've touched on it. Uh... What what you want in twenty twenty four? But just as we do close off this interview, um, what can we expect in twenty twenty four for Michael McKinson? Um, a couple of meaningful fights that will put me in serious contention for world names. I think the Avenesian fight would be the perfect fight for me yeah. because I go out there and beat Avenesian, then boom, like I'll beat the guy. No one really wants to fight and. I'm there to fight for a massive, massive fight. So, um, meaningful fights in 2024. Uh, I feel like Boxrec needs to move me up a few places. Yeah. I don't know what their gut, I don't know the crack with that. <laughs> That's a bit strange. Yeah. But I just keep beating them. And I, I like, with a meaningful fight, everyone respects me. So that's the important goal right now. Absolutely, and I definitely hope that uh, Avenesian site does get made. Um, Mikey, just want to say thank you for taking time to speak to me. Appreciate always catching up with you. And it's uh, good to kick off 2024 catching up with you, mate. Stop, man. I've been looking forward to speaking to you, mate. No problem. I appreciate it, mate. I've been looking forward to it as well, mate. Top, top, man. Appreciate it, mate. Top, man. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.